Hello and welcome to another episode of the Team Vongola podcast. My name is Josh. Joining me today is Henry. Yes. <laughs> um, it's been a while since we've done like a podcast. Kind of been busy with life, I guess. Yeah, there's been a lot going on. The Vongola circuit and just regionals or everything in general. Yeah. Mm, you know, speaking of regionals, you yourself, first yes. place. I know. It feels great, doesn't it? <laughs> Congratulations on thank your you, thank uh, you. first place win at the New York Regional. Um, I mean, how, how did you think of the tournament? I was there myself, and I have my own opinions on the the structure of the tournament and how it went. But uh, how, do you, how do you feel it was handled? How do you think it went? Uh, definitely at the start of the day when they announced the format, uh, a lot of people were upset because um, although we were given the extra five minutes... Uh, because of G Guardians, the games do last longer now. So instead of 20 minute uh, best of one, it was 25. But because we were given the extra five minutes, they um, made it so we don't have end of turn procedure anymore for the zero, one, two, three, and the double elimination. I think that made a lot of people really upset, and it was like that feeling was basically resonated throughout the whole like venue, and everybody had their opinion on that, and it was mostly negative. Yeah, it it was definitely seemed like there was a lot of. Uh mixed um, opinions on how the on how the tournament went on that end but um, even more so like it felt like the judges were a bit confused on like what exactly was procedure for that tournament um, when they were explaining the rules they at first said that they would do a um, on time it would be like whoever has the most damage is uh, the loser but then they immediately switched that to saying that that was incorrect and that instead it would be a double loss for both players if they went past the 25-minute mark. And yeah. it seemed like a lot of players didn't even know that that was the case. They had still thought it was um, highest damage loses. Like, you you came to me and Kelly after we finished our game not knowing that whole thing. Yeah, I actually didn't know that until, like, round two or three or something because... I guess I was half listening to the opening ceremony because usually it's the same thing over and over. Right. And uh, I initially heard the end of time procedure thing and I'm like, okay, it's end of time procedure. So I thought naturally what the explanation was that after end of time procedure, then if the damage was tied, then it'd be a double loss. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess that makes sense because I think that's something akin to what we do. So yeah, we usually do for our tournaments the zero one two three procedure, which was eventually used in the uh, tournament later on at the top eight. But um, I guess um, the idea behind it was they wanted to get the tournament done as soon as possible. I guess um, putting a double elim makes it a little more quicker to get through the tournament, so that um, slower players are. I guess weeded out of the tournament. Not the best way to do it, I would say, but I understand like the thought process that went into them making that decision. They're definitely looking to make the event as fast as possible, and whether or not that's the best for the players, that's that's you know a little bit up in the air. Uh, I'm sure no one wants to be there until like 1 a.m. Like like the first year, I think some people. Again, we go back to this, but I think some yeah. people got home at like 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. I know some people that did. I think I actually got You're... home around like 12. I wasn't even in top eight. I was in top 16. Yeah, the people in top eight ended up being home at like 3 a.m. or like their rides were gone. Yeah, that was because it was like so late. Yeah. And uh, Chris Sock and uh, Raymond Wong, who were in top eight of the first year of the regionals. 
uh, they had come in the car with us and a couple other dudes, but uh, the person that we booked to uh, drive us there, uh, he had to leave at a certain time. So we kind of didn't have any other choice but to just kind of leave them there. I don't remember exactly how they got home, but yeah, I can see Bushy Road understanding that, you know, not everyone's from that area and not everyone doesn't have a curfew. So the right. fact that this tournament ended around like eight or so, like... Yeah, everything wrapped up really early and that's one of the good things I like about Best of One. Like, as, as much as everybody would prefer Best of Three... Uh, I believe, unless we want, like, a day two, and, man, I, I really don't like day twos for, like, big events, like, even in my Yu-Gi-Oh days, I'm like, man, because cause you'd have to go to the venue again, mm-hmm. unless you know you're going to be out there for two days, and then if you book for two days, and then you don't play Buddy Fight, you don't play Weiss or anything on the Sunday day, and, and you're just like, well, what am I here for the extra day for, you know? Right. Yeah, so I I like the best of one. So honestly, when they uh, they they handed out surveys again uh, mm-hmm. this year, which was good, and just to you know get a little bit of feedback from the community. But I still circled best of one. Like before, I would have picked best of three, but I completely understand the reason for the best of one. So uh, I kind of I kind of like that. Uh, I like it in a time constraint um, explanation for why it's there. Um, whether I think that's the best way to play Vanguard, that's up in the air. But in terms of, like, you know, getting the tournament done at a specific time, we were already in, like, round 5 by around, like, 3... 3.30. Yeah, even with some errors, I think there was a repairing on each side, at least, like, once. I think so. It might have just been Block A. I don't remember getting a repairing on my side. Oh, okay. Block A definitely got... Oh, right. That's another thing. They split... The tournament into two blocks for yes. New York. Yeah, I believe one other uh, area is getting that too. I forget which one. Uh, maybe California. Maybe, but uh, yeah, it was split into two blocks. So essentially, uh, they made two tournaments, and there were two uh, top top placings, I guess, which got yeah. invites and stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't think. Top fours. Yeah, I don't think they're doing uh, that for every area. I, uh, I guess it's only for, like, any, like, area that exceeds a certain amount of players. Maybe, like, over 300 or 400 players, they'll probably do a uh, block A and block B. Yeah, because uh, the top eights uh, didn't get their pins. <laughs> like, Uh-oh. top... Yeah, oh, you didn't know that? Mm-mm. Okay, so in the top eight, only the top four from both sides got pins because, I guess, they didn't know or something that uh, there was going to be two different sets of top 8s. But the other people that hit top 8 were able to get a pin sent to them as, as long as they filled out some information. So it's not like they, they're not going to get the pins at all. They're, they're, right. It's going to be sent to them. Well, I mean, uh, what, what do you think of like splitting it to an A and B block? Uh, I, think it's, I think it's interesting. It gives players more opportunity to top, which I think is always great because you know, there's only so, so many events... And, um, honestly, like, if it were still one gigantic tournament, I could have been bubbled out, or I could have, you know, ended up just not doing as well, just because there's so many more players. I don't think it would ultimately... Or, it just cuts down on the time of the day, too, I think, because... I don't, Would it have still been eight rounds, or would it have potentially pushed it to, like, nine or something, because there's so many people? Um, I mean, we've had that amount of people before. I think we've even had more in previous tournaments. And I don't think the the top eight cut has ever gone past eight rounds. 
but would that edge out a lot of X1s? Like, um, I, en- I ended up... Yeah, like, I ended up X1 at the end of the day because I was uh, undefeated going into round 8, and then it was... In my block, it was just me and another undefeated. So one of us had to lose. And the only thing I was worried about was, like, damn, if I lost, would I be edged out as an X1? Because there would be one undefeated and eight X1s at my table. And I was like, wow, if I get edged out, I'll be really upset because I was <laughs> to go undefeated the whole day until the last round and then get edged out because I lost in that final one. Right. I, uh, yeah. I mean, let's talk about that. You, know, mm-hmm. you basically went the whole day undefeated. Right, I just lost to in round eight, and uh, top eight was best of three. Oh, you lost your round eight game? Yeah, I was, I was 7-1 at the end of Swiss. Oh, yeah, that's why I was saying. Yeah, no, no, no. I wish that would have been great, but then I might have been pushing my luck a little too far at that point. So, (laughs) I mean, you were playing Angel Feather. Yes. So, what's your opinion on Angel Feather now? Actually, before or after regional? I'm really curious because I honestly, at the top, I heard a lot about it. Like, someone was definitely saying, oh, the top table is going to be all Gear Gear Chronicle and all Angel Fever. But in top eights of block A and B, I was the only Angel Fever. So, before getting to regionals, I was sitting with a couple of friends on the train. And we were actually talking about this. We were talking about, you know, what do we think is going to, like, you know, do well at the tournament. Um, obviously, the subject of Angel Feathers came out as um, anyone that will watch any of our uh, fungal circuit videos from this uh, season will know Angel Feather has been doing extremely well in our tournaments. They have been constantly in the top 8 constantly in the top 4 they've just been doing very well overall and now they recently got this uh, hit on Dr. Ed Refra, something we didn't get to talk about um, on previous podcasts but has come to light recently. Um, North America has put a limit on Dr. Refros, um, extantrator from Angel Feather, uh, bringing the card down to only one per deck. Mm-hmm. Um, before I get into anything, what is your opinion on bringing the Refros limit that was in Japan to North America? Do you think it was warranted? Do you think it's necessary? Uh, I think it's just good for the, st- uh, like, just to, for the healthiness of the game. Because as much as I like Doctoroid Refros, I didn't like going through the motions of it. Because even if my nurses get to like 120k, my Vanguard gets like 400k, something like that, it, it's so silly. It just takes so long. And you could just do it every turn, or if your deck is low enough, you can literally loop that to like infinite. Mm-hmm. And you know, some players take that too far. And they do it until they run out of time, and then they have a judge called on them, and they lose. And something like that. Like, I don't like that. Yeah, you know? it's one of the things I'm really glad that um, at our last um, Bongola hosted event at Alternate Universe in Philly, I'm so glad I put my camera away for the final game, which involved a two and a half hour game because we stopped calling time after top, top eight. A two and a half hour game between Diablo and Angel Feather. Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it was grueling. It, it was not fun. Both of the players were pretty much hating each other by the end of it. Um, One of uh, my my sorry to interrupt you, no, but my my friend uh, on the team, uh, Nick, he when Doctoroid Refros was still at four, and I would loop it, and, or or I would like throw a Refros down, and then I'd get it back, and like 
I would be upset that I got it back because statistically, one, it shouldn't happen, and two, I gotta do it again. <laughs> but he looks at me and he's like, "Why are you upset? You're winning." And I'm like, "I hate it. <laughs> like, I don't. I wouldn't want to not make the optimal play for myself. But at the same time, it sun the deck suddenly became less fun. And that's when I started to not like Vanguard a little bit, when the deck just became like not fun. You know, you I don't know if you. You know what I mean, or I if don't you know because I mean. none of my decks have ever been broken enough to warrant a limit. Okay, <laughs> but uh, there was a point where it just wasn't fun anymore. Either because um, people didn't like it, or I would just hear stuff like, "Oh yeah, it's it's Henry playing angels," and I'm like, "Yeah, but I've been playing angels since the yeah, plan I, I came out." Give you like any other player I see playing angels, I don't give them slap any flack or anything, but I also don't like seeing it because I'm just like. Here we go. I'm gonna sit here recording like a hour and a half game of some dude just taking one card and throwing it back in his deck five times. You understand? You've been playing this Angel Feather deck since its inception. Since like. Well, I've been playing since set six because I played a Curio with Drill Bullet, <laughs> and then I moved on to Metatron. And the only reason I got off Metatron was because I like Chaos Breaker. And then I didn't even think. Okay, I, I I didn't know Chaos Breaker was supposed to be a strong card until like I played it, and then I'm like, oh, okay. But damn, I like the effect. I just didn't... You know, it, it's one of those cards. It's like the same with Metatron. Right. And then I moved on to like Token Ranbu, and then I switched back to Angels. Not because of Gavrail, because I actually didn't really... I really didn't like Gavrail. Because uh, of Noceal. Yeah, and no Yeah. And people... Even the people I played at Regionals, I feel like uh, people hated Angel Fever... Um, because of the Refros loop, but they didn't realize how strong just the No Seal engine was. Because a lot of people I played that day didn't understand what No Seal did, and it, it was surprising to me because you hear complaints about uh, Angel Fever everywhere. And I honestly really wonder now, what were people complaining about? I think one thing that a lot of people were scared about with Angel Feathers, especially uh, before the Refros limit, was simply going at the time. Like, a, like, I know, like, you appall of it, but a lot of Angel Feather players just purposely go into time. They just lame out the game and, you know, get the easy 0, 1, 2, 3 time limit ruling and just Raphael into low damage. That's what most Angel Feather players believe is, like, the manner in which you're supposed to play that deck. But I know that you yourself, you play a pretty quick game with the deck. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy that I rarely, if ever, go into time uh, with the deck. Like, everyone always says, like, oh, it's an angel forever, they're gonna take forever. And I'm like, no. <laughs> you don't have to take forever. Like, the with the reference loop, yeah, it would take a long time. Mm -hmm. That's just because you have to physically do so much. Yeah. But I think with Refros gone, the game state is just healthier. Right. Uh, angels will hopefully get less slack because, but then there's always going to be some BS called on them. <laughs> yeah. And, I, 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 yeah. And, uh, we'll get back onto the game state uh, a bit later. I actually do want to talk about that a bit more. Mm -hmm. But uh, just to quickly get back on the uh, the topic of regionals. Um, so basically, you went um, seven and one. Yeah, in Swiss. One, ten and one technically, if you're also counting the uh, the finals. Uh, if you count the finals, uh, I had two best of threes. Uh, for my semi and quarter, uh, both of them went to game three. Uh, I think some was due to, uh, again, this was this is down to tournament format. 
So when the judge watching us says, oh, there's 15 minutes left, and we're like close to the end of game two only, and I'm just like, oh, man. So I think both of us, uh, me and my opponent, would end up like rushing a tiny bit, and then that would cause like a little bit of misplay because we're both rushing a tiny bit. So uh, getting time in top eight, I guess that's fair because I guess they also want to leave (laughs) the staff. And the players, too, because the opposite side of my bracket was just waiting the whole time. And I'm like, man, these guys got to wait. But then they're also watching my game, so they know every move I make. So I'm like, damn, that's that's like a disadvantage for me. Literally everyone I uh, played, um, I think round five and onwards, because I was table one for like literally half a Swiss, everyone knew I played Angels. And I'm, every time they sat down, I'm like, that's not fair. I don't know what you're playing. <laughs> so... Yeah, um, yeah. My record was really clean that day. It was really cool. I told, I completely didn't anticipate it because my test um, playing up until that week was absolutely horrible. Well, why do you say that? Uh, because of the trigger change, I felt unsure. I tried a lot of different lineups. I looked at some Japan lists. Uh, I went with some intuition stuff. Uh, I tried three crits initially to replace the three refros. Uh, and then no I didn't do that alright first I did 12 stand with the rescue stand because naturally oh yeah yeah I put in the 3 stand the rescue stand to replace the 3 orphos because you just want to keep the stands uh, in and don't want to mess with anything and I tried to play it uh, And but then it made me play bad because I would keep the refros in my hand I mean I would keep the uh, the rescue stand in my hand and value it as high as a refros and then I would like underguard myself sometimes or just uh, just do bad plays with it because I would boost with the rescue stand, expecting a really good result, and then I'd whiff off the rescue part, and then I just feel bad because uh, the plan didn't go through, and then suddenly I'm stuck with like a mediocre board, uh, and my hand advantage dipped a lot because when you use the rescue stand, you actually minus one unless you hit something off the rescue. So it becomes like I just got really greedy. And I started doing really bad plays. <laughs> so I think I lost a lot of games during my practice week up until it, until I had to refine stuff. But I did discover a lot of interesting things. Uh, I went from using the regular perfect guard that would uh, the old the old ones where you can guard a rear guard. I switched to the rescue one because I saw that the uh, after finally looking at the rescue sta- uh, sentinel, I realized that the rescue part and the sentinel part are two separate effects. Which immediately made me think the card was extremely broken. <laughs> uh, do you understand what I mean when I say it's two separate effects? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually so never knew that. Don't understand. Okay. <laughs> so uh, the sentinel part is one effect where you discard and then your vanguard can't be attacked. Right. But the second effect, the rescue part, is actually separate from the guarding part. So, and both of them activate when. I believe it says when the card enters Guardian Circle. This way, they're both simultaneously activating, so you can choose to do one before the other. So in the No-Seal deck, I can put it down in the Guardian Circle, activate the Rescue part, and potentially try to hit extra cards into my hand, because if the top card of the deck hits the damage zone and it's a No-Seal, with Grade 3 No-Seal's effect, I can add that card to my hand and then proceed to discard it for the sentinel cost, which means I just put down one card and was able to perfect guard your attack. So, it's really crazy. 
I know. I think I drew like three cards before using the Sentinel effect before, and then I just discarded one. <laughs> you, drew, you drew quite a lot of cards off just throwing stuff into the damage zone. Yeah, no seal is really strong. Um, I think people underestimate it because when I see a lot of lists that just have Gavrails in it, and I only had one Gavrail in my deck, and I never rode her throughout the whole day, which yeah. was really cool. I was begging you to ride it. <laughs> I was like, I'm recording like three games right now where it's nothing but no sale on Vanguard. One of the judges that were watching me throughout my entire top eight. Like, when I finally showed a, a Gavrail in my final drive check, he was like, That card's in your deck? I never saw you ride it or show it at all. And I was like, Yeah, I play five grade threes. And he's like, You play five? <laughs> so, yeah, I heard that and I was like, Wait, what? Yeah, it's it's a low grade three count. Like, that's. How does that work in that deck? Um. I want to say it just comes to me, but that's a really cheap, ex uh, cheap reasoning. <laughs> uh. The, I feel like the deck just cycles enough so that you can do that. If you even if you have to G assist to look for no seal, you really want to just ride no seal anyway. Mm -hmm. Because when you ride no seal and you have a no seal in hand and at least two damage, you get a plus one guaranteed. So the two you discard and the one you gain from G assist, which is the no seal, all grade three, mm -hmm. and then the one you draw off of no seal's effect, you kind of balance out. So, and you could potentially go plus even off of G assist if uh, multiple no seals land in the damage zone through her effect. So, it's it's okay to even G assist for it as long as you don't whiff three times back to back. <laughs> then then that's when it hurts. But yeah, it, it's okay to run a lower amount and then you just have more space to put you know uh, versatile units in uh, tech cards and stuff like that. Uh, in my build for this regionals, I actually didn't include that many tech cards because um, usually the tech card would be the Crate Elemental Pokor to uh, the one, the Grade Two that unlocks uh, for right, Soul Blast One. I took your advice because uh, you were trying to tell me some things to do. Uh, oh yeah. About like how I should build a deck. Uh huh. Because uh, I was playing Grand Blue then. Okay. Uh, and I actually threw in a uh, Pokor tech into there. Like oh yeah. Like a, at least one. Joker match. Did you run into any? Hell no. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know how, but I somehow did not run into any meta that whole day. The one time I ran into meta was just like a... I, I don't want to be mean or anything, but it was like a lesser, like, the... the uh, what the hell is it called? The Legend. The, like oh. Not, not as, like... Overlook? Great. Yeah. No, no, no. It, no, it wasn't Legend. I'm sorry. It was actually um, Alt-Mile Thingsaver. Whoa, how did you say legend for that? <laughs> no, 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 because I remember after I played that dude, uh, someone asked me to play against them for the... They were doing like a clan leader thing, dude? Oh, yeah, yeah, they had a clan leader thing. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk about that later, but yeah, so the, that was like... Like, all my things here was like the most meta thing, which is funny to say because it's not meta at all. Uh, deck I played the whole day. The rest was just like Nova Grapplers. I was playing Blue Wave. I was playing against... Um, Oh yeah, it, I, played, I played gears. I'm sorry, I played I played one gear player. How'd you do against the gear? Uh, I messed up. Oh, that's... So, like I actually had that game won, but I messed up because I'm bad. Oh, it happens. It's okay. Uh, I was supposed to stride the uh, Obadiah, but mm. instead I thought, oh, I'll just use Night Rose. Oh. Uh, like a smart person. Oh, uh, I don't know enough about Grand Blue Strides so, to Obi, know. 
He just uh, Does he bring three. back stuff? No, he throws three cards from my deck to the drop zone. Uh-huh. So what I would have done is I would have milled the gray two that comes back from the drop zone after I attack with my uh, seven seas mag. Mm-hmm. So I could have effectively gotten a total of uh, five attacks that turn. Right. Two of them, which were 21 on their own, mm-hmm. uh, which were rear guards. Mm-hmm. So I could have attacked with those on their own, then attacked with Obi, killed those two rear guards to call those um, seven Cs that come back from drop zone, mm-hmm. and then gone effective and gone like two uh, minimal 10k guard attacks. Mm-hmm. And I also would have thinned my deck out of three non-triggers. Mm. So I probably would have won if I just did that, <laughs> or if my opponent did not get like three triggers off of his Colonel Dragon. <laughs> I mean that that happens. It does. <laughs> yeah. But, Anyways, not important. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's okay. We we all have our regional moments, so we have to course. talk about it. Yeah. But um. So yeah. Um. First off, once again, I just love saying this. Congratulations again on winning. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I know it's, when you won, you were like not. You were trying not be as hype about it as everyone else was trying to be. Yeah, Kelly was crying. Everyone was like, "Yeah, high five, shake high my hand." Five, I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, hugs, all that." And I'm just, "Yeah, yeah, it's just another day." No, definitely not. Um, uh, I was pretty hyped throughout the day already when I was pretty much undefeated. I think taking the loss in uh, round eight kind of calmed me down a little bit because I was like, "Because I was like, no way, I have to, I have to lose at some point, right?" Mm-hmm. So I, I lost there. And just being in top eight, it's just the feeling of making it there. And then at that point, you're just like, all right, how far can I go? And I just kept going. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it, it's a pretty good feeling. Uh, I mean, it's been a week after the event that we're recording this. And, you know, people are still... I still get messages just saying, hey, like, good job, grats. You know, uh, I see people I haven't seen since regionals. And they're like, yeah, I'm so proud of you. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm proud of you too. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, um... It's it's really cool, um, just you know when when Bushiroad starts started posting those official images and my name's all over it and like my pictures everywhere. I'm just like that's really cool, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, for it's it, it's it's really interesting because you know I've been playing. Uh, we've we've both been playing this game since uh, it started it's, essentially. Yeah, when it first came out in America. Right, and do you ever see yourself being number one at like a New York regional? Because, to be honest, I feel like that's always something, like, a little out of reach when you saw it, when I think about it, you know what I'm saying? I mean, the far, the closest I've ever been was honestly my first year when... When I, you were top 16. Right? When I made top 16. Like, that's the farthest I ever got in a regional mm-hmm. uh, tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, ever since then, it's either being edged out just a bit out of the top 8, or just not being anywhere close to the top 8. Uh, I think my last two regional performances... Um, I got uh, the last one I went to. I was purposely trying to lose, uh, just so I could get on with uh, more important things to my for myself during that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and the year before that, I was just playing a very, very under-supported deck mm-hmm. that I probably should have just played literally anything else. <laughs> and that deck would be no grapplers. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I, I could probably play this like ridiculousness, like Narukami stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, because back then it was like I think the blood was like the biggest meta at the time. Oh, the blood! Oh, wow. Yeah, like well, this Vermillion, the blood, 
Okay, I think it, at that point it was the blood, and you would have been playing Beast ID. Um, yeah, I was playing um, Illuminati Dragon. Illuminal, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was my deck, and I, and I was um, taking advice from a very smart man uh, to play 12 crit in it, and I guess <laughs> it didn't really pan out as well as I was hoping it would have. Uh, I mean, yeah. it, it, it's how it goes. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, you know, that is the dream. I think anyone that plays this game... It doesn't matter how like serious they are, how casual. When they enter that um, big center filled with all these players signing themselves up for this tournament, I think it doesn't matter how serious you are about this game. You're trying to at least get in the top eight. If you make the top four, you're incredible. If you make top two, you're godlike. If you make top one, I mean that that's that's the top of the hill right there in terms of like your state, like in your state. You are officially like one of the best players in the state if you can reach that level. My first thought when I won it was the fact that um, the fact that we were able to take it back for New York because I don't mm -hmm. I forget who Puerto won. Ha, people from Puerto Rico have won the tournament. Um, we've I think we've had some Philly people. Yeah, around. there's like a lot of outer staters coming back to like co coming over you know into our territory because yeah, they could because <laughs> yeah and just taking our invites. I'm like man, I want to I want to you know New York should get its own invite back. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. you know that felt really good. Like literally, my first post was hey, I did it for New York. Yeah, you know. I'm sure everyone in the state appreciates you Br bringing it back to us because I don't think we've actually won the regional tournament. Um, in our state since the first one I think when Chris Sock and Raymond Wong took first and second I think after that it's been people from uh, DC it's been people from Philly people from Jersey uh, just a lot of out-of-towners taking it so it's yeah. definitely very um, very much a boost of the morale to all the New York players to see that we still got it yeah we still do it. and it's good for our team too it's just the the amount of exposure uh, the fact that I was uh, table number one for half the Swiss, I think that was really cool. Uh, people notice it. Like I remember hearing someone go, "Yo, there's a Vongola guy at table one," and someone's like, "Yo, he's been there all day." I'm like, "Yeah, I know, I've been here all day." <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't even need to look at my number. I was just like, "Yeah, I'm table number one, aren't I?" <laughs> I always grabbed my one seat. It was it was a good seat, you know. <laughs> like I I kept playing, looking away from the stage. You know? <laughs> I don't know why. It just felt lucky. Well, to continue talking about the regionals, uh, we did uh, slightly touch up on it. Uh, they decided to do a couple of different things for this one, actually. They decided to implement something called the uh, the clan leader uh, mini tourney. Right, so from what I understand, because I was too busy with the winning Swiss. Tournament to play. <laughs> sure, yeah, I was too busy winning. Uh, so, <laughs> um, the, the clan event was like you pick your clan, and then you end up playing with it, and you keep getting wins from other people or getting wins you keep trying to beat other people yeah and the more you win you get access to like a promo mm -hmm. so, and then so bas you, well, actually, yeah basically what happened was uh there's like three tiers i guess right and you would ex um jump to the next tier after getting a certain amount of wins in one tier and once you hit tier three you just keep playing till you have enough wins that you have the most so you get the promo card, but there was also free fight, which you could also get the promo card from. So you didn't have to play the uh, the clan leader thing to do it. Mm -hmm. But the other thing you were trying to get was like a certificate stating you are the New York clan leader of uh, Token Rambo or something. I don't know. Oh, dude! I would have brought my Token Rambo deck completely, <laughs> and that would have been amazing. 
I would have been the token Ranbu leader. You also have to be like uh, at tier 3 to get it. That's where um, unfortunately Kelly fell a little short. She only got to tier 2 by the time the, uh, the thing was up. Yeah, yeah. You had to... Um, yeah, you just had to get an X amount of wins. Yeah. Um, since you weren't able to participate, I would just say I think this was an incredible idea. I think it was really good. Because, not, not to throw anyone under the bus or anything, but... Uh, during our previous Bushy Road events that involved the free fight, uh, most people would just go over to another person and be like, hey, can you just sign my thing so I can get this promo card? Uh, that was usually how it's worked uh, for a lot of people. I don't know too many people who actually played the free fight um, legitimately for the cards. But for the clan layer one, there was since there was something else on the line for actually having wins, uh, it gave people more of the incentive to just actually the games out. And Especially I, if you fought someone that was also trying to get your clan thing, I would exactly. assume, right? Like, you didn't want someone else to get Grand Blue. I didn't want anyone to get Grand Blue wins. But, um, it also allowed you to, like, you know, actually, like, conversate with some people. Because I actually got to, like, uh, hang out with a couple of people I had never met before. Um, mm -hmm. It was definitely a smart way to try and get uh, the community to get uh, better acquainted with each other, I guess. Yeah, and, and that's that's what I kind of like, too, because this is a hobby that I would assume we're all, we all enjoy, because, mm -hmm. you know, I guess I'm the only masochist that kind of likes this game. No, <laughs> no uh, but, you know, after the change, honestly, I like the game a little bit more, especially after winning, but that's besides the point. Um, but no, it's... it's the community is the main reason to do a lot of stuff, you know. We, we do our circuit stuff... And, you know, sometimes we run into some troublemakers that make things feel like it's not worth it. But then, at the same time, when we're able to get people together to just, you know, play a game. Mm -hmm. And even if some people don't win, they like that there's just a sheer amount of people to play with and to just be around, you know? Right. It's, it's like, um, how you say it? Okay, so World of Warcraft right now, off topic. <laughs> world of warcraft right now is releasing a new expansion and tldr there's a lot of like world events going on and it's really cool to mount up on like a flying mount and then fly with like 200 other people flying next to you going to the same event as opposed to playing by yourself in like a facebook game right. which warcraft has become but that's besides the point so <laughs> so it's like being part of a community and then seeing a lot of people also trying to do the same thing you are you know, it, it's a really cool feeling, you know? that And that's what a community should be, where it's just people getting together and trying to trying to do the same thing, liking the same thing, you know? And I think it's a good feeling. And I think that's why I like when we do our circuits and stuff like that. You know, even, you know, you just hang out with people you sometimes don't see for a while, you, and you're just playing card fight. You know? Yeah. I mean, the game. Yeah. It's, it's all, even though I don't compete in the Bungalow circuits for reasons... Um, I always enjoy being there. I was just like, there's always like a bunch of people that recognize me, even though I feel like I shouldn't be recognized at all. I feel the same way. I know what you mean. Like, it, it, and it, but it's because you do the stream, though. Yeah, I mean, I try, I try to do the streaming as much as I can. Uh, I always try to go out to as many terms as I can so I can record uh, videos for the channel. Um, and there'll always be that guy that comes there and be like, "Hey, you're Josh. You do the video stuff." I'm like, "Yes, I do." Yeah, though, someone recognized me through. 
the regional video I did like two years ago or something. And they're like, yeah, you're the guy that went to regionals. I'm like, yeah, I went to regionals. <laughs> but, you know, it's because it's cause of the video. Or, like, uh, when I did the store tours and stuff like that before. Right. You know, like, and it's really cool. You feel like a little mini celebrity. And sometimes that's just cool enough, you know what I'm that, saying? That's just enough to make uh, the whole to, experience. To be like, yeah, to be like, yeah, we we do stuff, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's cool. I... I and you know it doesn't get to our head or anything because we know what it is. We we know what we do. Right. You know it's it's just it, it's just good to that to create a community. You know it, it always goes back to that. Right. Yeah. And everyone in oh everyone at the top tables is also really nice. That's that's something that I really appreciate the fact that um top the top the people at the top aren't just like scummy people. They're, they're very humble. They understand that where they are and how many people they had to go by to get there. Yeah, like even even the people I played in my uh, quarter and semi, like yeah, they lost. And then, but it was like, it was like, damn, I lost. As opposed to like, man, I hate you. Why you do this to me? Yeah. Yada yada. You're you're a sack. Blah, stuff like that. Like, I hate hearing that, because because one, it's Vanguard. Two, it's a card game. I, I guess the other way around. But <laughs> <laughs> you know it. it Stuff happens, you know. Someday, you're better. You have better, a little better RNG. Some days, yeah. I have some terrible RNG. Sometimes you get the triple crit. Sometimes you get triple crit. Yeah, the day before regionals, I went 0 and 8 in my practice with, at my house. Like, it was crazy. I went 0 and 8, and then the next day I go like 10 and 1. <laughs> it sometimes it's just it's that's just how the dice rolls, you know. Yeah, everyone has their days. Right. So that's. I mean, there's no need to be that upset about the game. Just enjoy yourself, you know? Right. It's the whole point of the game. It's just mm-hmm. fun. And don't let other people bother you. If it is, then that's just... Just, you know, go away. <laughs> yeah. From from them, you know? Not not go away from the community. Just, you know, just don't be around them. Yeah. And and your day will just be better just doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all that being said... Mm-hmm. You will not, since you have won, you are 100% guaranteed to be entering the uh, Nationals. Uh, I'm not sure where it's being held exactly. It's probably in California, because that's, cause that's the uh, head of the, that's where they're, that's where they're usually stationed. Right. So, your plan is, I would assume, to still bring Angel Feathers to that tournament. Most likely. I don't see myself moving to a different clan, just because, well, what other clan can do what this clan does, you know? Not, Refros aside, like, there's nothing that's equivalent to No Seal Grade 3. And I think that's basically my ace card. Like, one of the judges, after the whole thing was over, he's like, he's like, you know what your avatar was? I'll show you what your avatar was. He took my deck, and then he fought, found all four copies of No Seal Grade 3. He's like, that's your avatar! You wrote her every game! <laughs> I mean, she came through. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there, there's no card that's like her. Like, it's it's ridiculous. You yeah, know, the, the amount of advantage you can get, just the fact that you can draw, like, seven or something on your opponent's turn. It's so crazy. You know, so I think I'll stick with Angel Fever. Uh The only thing I will be messing around with, of course, is the grade two, grade one options to fit what might be the meta at that time, because uh, I believe the event is happening in November, from what yeah. I've been told. And so by then, I think... What's coming out? The technical we have, booster. We have the technical booster, which will include cards from Murakumo, uh, Great Nature, and Mega Colony. Mega Colony, yes. 
Yeah. Um, out of the three, I think the only one that may even see any play will probably be Mega Colony. Honestly, I don't. I don't expect Murakumo to get any big leap. Maybe Great Nature, but in the national settings, I don't think you would see it. And I'm sure there's that one guy listening who's like, "Time to show him wrong." Yeah, I will definitely be paying attention to what decks top because I would assume players tend to keep playing the deck that they're playing mm -hmm. when it comes to like the following tournament, unless something drastically changes. Uh, speaking of the the technical booster, I actually, if I did have to play a different deck, like let's say they limit no seal to one or something, just to mess with me. <laughs> uh, Henry cannot win this tournament. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, I would I w actually really like the new Zambaku support. Oh, really? Yeah, I, yeah, Zambaku was like my OG bro when I played like Murakumo a bit before. Because right, I, I just, I just, yeah, thank you. I just thought his effect was really cool, and the new one is just as cool. It gets you so much like secret advantage. Like you don't, if you don't pay attention to it, you actually lose so much. You lose so many cards when you play against the new Murakumo. So, uh, you, so you would bring Zambaku to, to uh, nationals? I don't know because. It's such a it's such a niche thing. I would need to test it. Like, uh, do you, do you remember the effect? Uh, the new Zambaku, the old Zambaku. Uh, the new Zambaku. Uh, I haven't even looked. I saw like the support card for it. I have not actually seen the new Zambaku. Okay, so I might be wrong because I'm doing this from memory. But TLDR is like, at the start of the opponent's turn, I believe in the main phase or something, you can pay a cost. It's probably like a counter blast or a soul blast or something, something like that. Right. I think it's a oh, it's, I think it's just a Kalabas one, and you need to have Zambaku in your soul, which the second effect like just pops the Zambaku in your soul for free. Uh, and unless your opponent discards one, they can't attack or something, <laughs> or their drive check is reduced, something like that. I need to look it up now. <laughs> okay, so Zangeki, Zangeki, yeah. Dragon Emperor Zangeki. His skill is that. Uh, kind of last one at the beginning of your opponent's main phase, if you have a card named Dueling Dragon Zanbaku in your soul, you may pay a cost. If you do, choose one of your opponent's vanguards until the end of the turn. It gets auto when this unit attacks, choose a card from your hand, and you may discard it. If you do not discard a card, this unit gets drive minus two until the end of the turn. Right, right. So if you don't discard a card, your grade three vanguard will swing for zero drive check. And if you're striding and you don't discard a card, your vanguard drive checks for one. So, if you count the discard, you get one card per turn when you play against Zangeki. Plus, this guy also, um, from rearguard, adds a Zanbaku to your soul and, adds, and puts a Zanbaku in your rearguard that goes to your hand in a turn. Mm -hmm. So, so rearguard or vanguard, this card is actually uh, a bit ridiculous. It's incredible. Especially <laughs> against... Um, uh, Decks that use a standing vanguard. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yo! If if you play if you uh, put out on like a next stage because it happens in the main phase, not on the stride phase. So uh, it comes after stride. Right. So you stride and then uh, go into main phase. Then Zangaki uh, Zangaki activates. So if you put it on like a next stage or uh, ace, mm -hmm. and you're supposed to drive check two, you drive check zero, and then you discard, and then you stand, and you swing, and you drive check zero. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty, and especially with um. Like, it happens so much I see with next stage players where they will not have a hand after they discard the three for next stage. So essentially, the, uh, the if you, that happens, the Chrono Jet attacks for... 
Oh no, wait, that wouldn't affect it, would it? You just, I think you just can't pay the cost. No, 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 but I don't, but that wouldn't affect that, the next, uh, Chrono Jet Dragon, because it would be a different Vanguard, no? Right, it won't affect Chrono Jet Dragon, but... Next okay, so so you're saying so you're saying they're gonna have the three cards available to discard for the next stage effect? Uh, well, not that, but just that uh, it wouldn't affect Chrono Jet in the manner I was hoping it would. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, it's a, it's a different card. Yeah, that sucks. But um, no. But it's really. Sangeki is still strong. It's still a pretty strong card. Um, all the new Murakumo stuff is also pretty strong, especially with the uh, drive checking rear guards. Oh, uh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> no, that's that's, that's a that's a whole new thing to begin with. I think yeah. I want to focus on Zangeki because I think Zangeki is honestly a secretly OP. I mean, you do have a, you do have a manner for like seeing those OP cards before everyone else does. No one really like uh, looked at uh, Nocia the same way that you did. Because it was just a fighters collection card, and everyone just ignored it. Because everyone was on man, what came out that one? That was the that was the one with. That was the one with Beast Deity. Chronos Command Revolution, I believe, was in it. Dileon. Dileon. Like, everyone was, like, very focused on, like, the fact that, oh my god, Deep Lee's got another broken stride. Yeah. Was this also, uh, Bustard? Or was that, uh, different one? No, 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 no. This, this one was, um... Oh, Beast... Oh, yeah, yeah. It was the Beast Deity. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Drago Twist and, um, Epic's Buster. Yeah, yeah. So there were, there were a bunch of other cards to work on. And it was Fighter's Collection Winter, so I guess people maybe saw it as, like, a throwaway set. Yeah, so, but yeah, once I saw that, I thought it was really cool, and so I just picked it. Uh, my Our teammate Nick says, I, I just have a fondness for attrition decks, and Zangeki is definitely an attrition deck. Yeah, I can see it, like, definitely, like, uh, playing, the, playing the slow game. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's like a little bit of a slow game, but you just, run, you just start running out of resources, and you're just like, damn, what do I do? Because if you put cards down to attack with... And then you have to discard when you attack. Like you don't notice it, but losing one card per turn is in, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not something, especially in the hand. Like yeah, I said this, like the hand is definitely one of the most important resources in the game. People like to think that you know Kagro is broken because of like oh it retires your field. Your field is kind of important. But I would rather play against Kagro than Merc. I mean than uh, Nubataba any day of the week. Just because I'm so afraid of the amount of like hand uh, manipulation that deck has. Yeah, that's why I think Bushiro took a long time before they gave anything to Nubatama. Yeah, they, they uh, you know, people give Bushiro a lot of flack for saying like, oh, they don't know how to like balance a game correctly. But waiting this long to actually make Nubatama a scary as hell deck, uh, probably the best call they made. Yeah, because if they got this stuff a little early. Then they would definitely be pretty strong. But if they had a full flesh deck before break ride format. It it would have been like that whole deck dominating the format. Yeah, but well, I mean it, it, it's hard to say. But them waiting, I feel like Nubatama is at a correct power level next to everyone else for sure. Yeah, like, I mean it feels it, it feels even now. Yeah, yeah it's it, an, it's annoying, but it's not unwinnable. Exactly. All right. So I think that's a good way to describe a lot of decks right now, actually. Most decks. I, I still think there are some decks that kind of edge out a bit as being a little too oversupported or overpowered. Oversupported, sure, but do you ever feel like you're completely suffocated by a deck right now? Or anyone in particular? Um, yeah, I think there's like at least one deck. One or two decks that just, no matter what you do to them, depending on the deck you're playing, no matter what you do, 
you just you don't have a chance. You, you can't really touch this. Like you could, like it'll have maybe like one or two bad matchups, but then every other deck is like, don't even try. I'm curious at which one you think it is, because the only one I find kind of an issue is, uh, I guess, Gear Chronicle. Yeah, yeah. Gear Gears is one of them. I feel like it's a bit. It's not. It's not even just that Gear Chronicle is oversupported, because a lot of its support actually isn't that amazing. It's just those key cards that are really great, like um, the Melum TikTok. Oh, Melum, Chrono Dragon. Melum TikTok, Urwater. Um, you know, it's funny. Um, the Gear Chronicles I played during regionals, they did not play TikTok starter or a TikTok in the main deck, as far as I saw, which was yeah. really strange to me. I, I saw a lot of Chrono Dren. Yeah, there was a lot of Chrono Dren. There wasn't a lot of Tick. I, I'm not surprised because I don't think everyone is completely sold. On how simple the um, the setup for that deck is, but um, yeah, I I practiced against that a lot, and I figured that would be my most troubling matchup because uh, that I, I teched my deck against it, but you know it I guess it helped overall because I still was able to maintain like board presence and you know keep up defenses. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I think uh, I think gear with the with the Melum TikTok combo or the upstream TikTok or all that stuff is it, is really crazy. When your main defense is hoping for a defensive trigger, I think that's that's something to be concerned about. Yeah, the, o the only other deck I find is a bit ridiculous. Uh, I don't think it's as ridiculous as I thought it was uh, when I first like started seeing it being played, but I still think it's a bit ri ridiculous, is uh, Sanctuary Guard. Sanctuary Guard, okay. I still think that deck has a lot of outs. Uh, my my finals was against Sanctuary Guard, uh, and my uh, you both see you are you are one of Sanctuary Guard's worst matchups. <laughs> and my done. my semis was also a Sanctuary Guard too. Yeah, you had like to play against like. Uh, uh, my quarters was Sanctuary Guard. My my semis was a uh, gear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, your your side was gear. Mm -hmm. But um, you like not to take anything away from the two players you played. Mm -hmm. They both played very well. They did all that they could mm -hmm. in their matchups. Mm -hmm. But you just didn't let them do anything. Really. <laughs> you you kind of just put your vanguard at like twenty three k with just like a couple of moves and the all the power that was the whole basis of why the deck is so good meant nothing. Yeah. So with a just a just a little bit of strategy talking, it's um. So when I I realize if I run into a deck that has no board control, I can slam down my nurses. Uh, which gives 2k to herself and the vanguard uh, whenever a card touches the damage zone. So even with Blaster Blade, it's a really expensive removal. So to play Counterblast 2 to remove one nurse, and I potentially still have two more on the board. Like, it's it's really crazy. If That's why I think if the meta later on with the new gear... Uh, I think gear and... Yeah, gear chronicle... And Link Joker will both be getting a ton of support by the time my uh, Continentals rolls around. Yeah, in absolute justice, the 8th uh, generation booster, um, we are definitely going to be seeing... We might see a just complete different shift in the meta. We are mm -hmm. going to get, of course, Royal Paladin support, as well as um, Neo Nectar, Genesis, Gold, Lynx, uh, Dark Eregs, Pale Moons, and Grand Blue. So it's, we're taking a break from... The never-ending Gear Chronicle support. Thank well, you. well. For now, for don't now. <laughs> don't they get a booster and another trial deck soon yeah, after? Yeah, they get their enti an entire booster just for themselves. Okay, 
So, I... The only things I would be looking out for during Nationals, or Continentals, whatever you call it. Uh, Link Joker is definitely a problem. At that point, if I feel like it's really prevalent in the meta, I would have to put it back in Pokores and sacrifice some of the more consistent cards that I had to put in. Mm -hmm. uh, which is like the Great Two Ponies, which I would never play before. Like, I, I, I keep telling this to everyone, but if I saw my... If I didn't play this deck, and I saw my deck list up on the Bushi River website, I would call it trash. Because <laughs> I would not play the Grey 2 Pony before, but I put it, it in for some stability, because I was expecting some uh, aggressive decks. And to just have like a secondary backup nurse offensively, to be like a scare. Uh, but I would usually never play it. Uh, but it adds more consistency with the refers gone, so I can't always take so many hits. So if I ride a Grey 2 Pony, I'm I feel more secure. But um, but yeah, if Link Joker shows back up, I have to sacrifice some stability for it. Um, I have to put back in more Haruts or other cards to find stuff easier. Uh, and if Gear gets... The scary thing about Gear, besides the Melum combo, is next stage. S but if it's shifting to like a card even stronger than next stage... Because next stage is being printed as a rare in that set, right? Right, right. Right, so... Uh, for those who don't know. Uh, but... um. If there's something coming out stronger than next stage, then that's a little worrying because something that Gear Chronicle has not had for a while, besides Ragnarok, I believe there's no inherent crit right on a lot of their strides. Besides, like what Bind Time? Uh, does Bind Time have an extra crit? Uh, yes, Bind Time does get an extra crit. Right, but Bind Time is only played in the uh, Chrono Fang, right? Yeah, I don't. I think it's possible to play him in Chrono Jet, but most people have... I think it needs, like, a, a Gear Beast, and that's why you can't play it in Chrono Jet or something. Right. Right, so, uh, whatever. E either way, like, Inherent Crits are really scary. That's why I think Shadow Paladins were really scary before, because everything had a crit attached to it, and you're just like, damn, he just needs one crit instead of checking double crit. So, uh, if something has Guard Restriction and the Critical... Like even more stronger than like a Ragnarok would be or something like that, or or God forbid, it has a guard restriction restands and it has a crit. I'll just be like, oh my god, I hate this game. <laughs> so it it really depends on what comes out. Um, but the support looks like the support looks okay. Like it it'll really depend on what happens from now till then uh, to determine what I play. But I'll probably still stick to Angels because mm -hmm. it, it's treated me so well. I mean. So far, we haven't gotten like too much information on what the Link Joker support will be. We haven't seen any of the triple R's that are going to be showing up in it. We haven't really seen any of the uh, double R's either. Didn't we see the uh, Infinite Zero support, or was that? Yeah, we've seen some Infinite Zero support and some. Uh, we also got some like, leader cards coming up too. Oh yeah, the leaders. I love the leaders. I don't think we're going to see the leaders at Nationals, I don't think. There's a possibility we might see some um, Chaos Breaker, at least one or two Chaos Breakers at the Nationals. But um, I, after seeing this tournament, I think uh, Link Joker isn't as prevalent of a deck as it used to be. I think people are really migrating towards uh, more aggro-style decks. Uh, the most control that we see these days comes in the form of Kagero. And Gears, too, if you think about it. To a lesser extent, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Girl actually scared me in round one. I might have lost to it, because I wasn't prepared. Uh, I didn't I didn't play too much against Kagero, which is bad, because I actually think it's a somewhat good matchup against me. But uh, I was unprepared for Novell. When they strode Novell, I was like, what's my guard restriction? Because <laughs> I was holding grade 1 no seals in prepar preparation for like a really strong guard, because I thought uh, like an ace was coming or something. 
but uh, it was a novel, and I was like, oh, okay, what can I guard with? And they said grade ones, and I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> Uh, I think I dropped seven cards to guard the Novell attack. If they followed up with like a second Novell, I don't know if they run a second one. But if they followed up with the second one, I might have lost round one, and that would have put me on tilt. <laughs> I can only imagine that would be like very tough to go up against something like that round one. Yeah, but you know, luckily that was fine. But uh, see, board control was very interesting that day because uh, I ran into. Three Narukami decks, actually, which was really surprising, and all of them were vastly different. But um, the Brawler deck was able to literally wipe my board every turn because they hit like what five, four, or they hit the whole board when they with Turbo. Uh, they hit the whole board if you are Legion. Yeah, yeah, they were Legioned, and they were on Turbo, and basically every turn I lost my whole board, but I still won. Uh, because I teched in the Haruts and just more stable units, so. I was able to find what I needed, but if I'm able to survive board wipes every turn and still win, I think I feel okay. I might have just been lucky or something, but you know the fact that I can survive a bomb board every turn, I think it's really good. So I, I, I'm pretty confident with going with Angels. I just need to see how prevalent Link Joker is. Yeah, uh, I mean I think you'll do all right. Um, you're definitely like. Just saying, just throwing it out there. Definitely one of the best uh, Angel Flare players just there in North America. I don't know how godlike the kids over in Japan and Europe are, but you know, Angel Flare wise, you got it pretty unlocked. So I don't think uh, you have to worry. Just play the matchup how you usually play the matchup. I think you'll be fine. Thank you. Um, I honestly, I honestly don't know how good or bad I am. Uh, I was expecting a lot of people maybe on our video that we posted up to be like, oh, that Angel Feather player is so trashed here, or whatever. And I'll just be like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, but Or something. But I remember when one of our videos, I was commenting over an Angel Feather uh, game, and some a lot of people were like, oh, you, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. This is a typical Angel Feather turn. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> Stop lying. Uh, you know, and I talked to the person that was playing in that video before, and they were like, oh, yeah, that was just like a really big desperate turn that I had to do, or else I wouldn't live. I'm like, okay, good. I at least got some clarification from the player that what they were doing was just a big desperate turn because they were really behind, and they just happened to hit what they needed and ended up winning. So if they didn't hit what they needed, I would have been right. <laughs> but they did, so I look like a jackass. But whatever. <laughs> So, you know, it still bothers me a little bit, especially since I was playing no seal, but you know what? I'll leave it. Uh, <laughs> I, I have some credibility now, so I can just say whatever. <laughs> well, moving on from that, uh, mm -hmm. I guess we'll talk about the um, our, our circuit. We haven't talked about our Vangala circuits for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot has been going on. As I mentioned before, you know, Angel Feathers has been doing a lot of work in our tournaments. You were actually... One of the people to top uh, the Ultimate Universe tournament, the first mm -hmm. time we did. Mm -hmm. uh, what did you think about the uh, the people that showed up, uh, the turnout itself? Uh, it was really cool to see the see newer people playing the game and how they they really enthusiastic about it. You know, maybe I'm just used to a lot of people in New York where it's like, you know, when you see the same people over and over again every week. I guess it gets a little tiring, maybe, you know. But to see fresh faces and to see like new matchups and just uh, other variations on decks, 
it's it's weird because you you're so used to like a certain meta in like a certain area and then you know things just change and you're just like wow like everything old feels new again kind of feeling you know what i mean yeah I hear yeah so uh it was kind of cool uh people out there were pretty good i'm happy to see that the people from new york or so are really enthusiastic about our tournaments and head out to philly to play uh i guess to try and steal um you know the the top placings from other states for new york uh, I think the last time we went to Philly, it was uh, was it, was that the one where Justin and uh, Vallejo took first and second? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, th- was that the Shadow and Angel game, or was that Shadow versus, uh, or was that Shadow Shadow? Uh, what was that matchup? Uh, the last one that we did because they split after that was uh, Shadow Angel. Shadow. Oh, oh. Okay. Yeah, okay, I heard of. Okay, I heard about that. Okay, I heard stories about that. Yeah, no, never again, because Refos is at one, and we can't diddle ourselves that many times. Yeah, we do not have the time or the energy to sit through another two-and-a-half-hour game. I li- after that game finish, I literally just went up to Andrew and was like, if, if, J- if Bushiro doesn't do it for us, can we do it for ourselves? <laughs> I, like, I can't. Y- you know what's funny? Does this mean that we can actually record Angel favorite games now? Because they're not going to take that long? <laughs> I- I'll put it on there. <laughs> it depends on who's playing then, yeah? Exactly. If it's me playing, we got this. Yeah. yeah. Alright, cool. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, overall, I think our circuit's going pretty well. Uh, people love our mats that we've been giving out. For yes. those uh, who haven't seen it, they look really sick. A no-seal's on it. That's me. <laughs> uh, I believe you're the Asha? Yes, I... Uh, well, for those that don't know, just a little bit of history on the Team Vongola uh, mat that is distributed to the first place winner of every uh, of our hosted event uh, basically uh, the dude in charge of everything Andrew uh, not here this week uh, getting ready for some big things coming up in a couple of days um, basically like asked a couple of our uh, members like you know what's your favorite card in the game like which card do you identify with uh, and I said Genocide Jack so everyone knows it's my favorite card mm-hmm. Brutal Jack asked, yeah <laughs> so he then asked me, okay, cool. Uh, so what's your favorite G-era car? And I was like, oh. And I was like, I kind of want to say Victor, but, you know, Asha's Asha. So I decided to just go with Best Girl. So, and I, and, uh, I believe for Andrew, his was Conquest Dragon. And mm-hmm, Kelly's mm-hmm. was uh, Bladewing uh, Sullivan. Uh, Tibble. Or Tibble, Tibble, Tibble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had Vic Plasma, which was Nick V, um, and No Sale was you. Hell yeah. I don't remember if there was any other cards. No, there was only five, so. Right. So yeah, Asha, um, Tibble, uh, No Sale, Conquest Dragon, and Vic Plasma. Mm-hmm. Were the five cards that we decided to put on there. And, uh, the DMV, uh, decided to just put, uh, Chrono Jet, Asha, and Alt Mile, uh, as, to contrast with the anime. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yep, little history lesson there on the Team Bangalore map. Yay, history. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we may have had, like, an issue or two with some of the tournaments, but overall I think we're doing pretty good so far. Uh, the next couple of tournaments will strictly be hosted by the DMV for a week or two. Um, so be sure to check them out. Uh, they, I believe they just got done with a tournament at, uh, in Philly. 
mm. this weekend. So hopefully a bunch of people went out there, hope a bunch of people enjoyed it. Uh, I hope at some point we can get like, you know, Juan Mango or someone else from DMP to kind of come down to the podcast, tell us a little bit what's been going on uh, over on their side of the tournament scene. I was upset that Juan Mango wasn't able to go to regionals. What, what, why couldn't he? I don't know. I I was just it was just sad not to see like him because I would have liked to catch up on the what's going on on their side and everything too. Right. I mean, there's a couple other people that unfortunately could not make the uh, the regional tournament here in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it happens. You know, there's always yeah. things and stuff going on in life. Car mm-hmm. games are fun, but sometimes life has to be done. Yeah. Um. Other than that, Henry, I'd like to. Thank you very much for taking some time to come talk to us before you go off on your big trip with all the other Fungola members. Of course. Something will be brought back for you. Don't have to worry. Much appreciated. <laughs> but um, other than that, yeah, uh, you guys know where to find us. Um, we'll have this posted uh, on the Facebook um, as well as on our website, uh, Team Fungola WordPress. Um, and hopefully we'll be back with another episode of the Team Bungalow Podcast uh, very soon. Uh, we'll try to keep this uh, consistent again. And uh, we will see you guys on the next one. So thank you for listening. <laughs>